Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Just back in Kansas City after traveling with the team, Josh Klingler, who was there on the sidelines. And I don't know, what's colder, KC or Western New York, Josh? Well, I, I'm part of the Ann Company with Mitch, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, uh, it's uh, currently iced over in Kansas City, so we're back to great weather. But it was warmer <laughs> than Buffalo this week than it was last week at Arrowhead. So huh. Wow. Uh, you, you, you take it, and, and winds make it warmer, that's mm. for sure. So then in those final seconds where Tyler Bass misses that field goal, I know the Chiefs still had to get the first down to kneel it out, but what? what tell me what it sounded like on the sidelines as that kick is missed. Well, I think it took the one more run. I think the first down run by Pacheco that really kind of put him in business, and they really thought they could finish this game out. Um, but I think the – this has been a tale of this Chiefs defense, like for a good portion of the year. The offense gets the headlines, and sometimes this year it's been a little bit of lack of offense that's gotten headlines. But uh, Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator of the Chiefs, just doesn't get enough uh, uh, chatter around the league. I don't know if there's anybody better in making in-game adjustments. And you look up the scoreboard, and, the, and they do it again. Seven points in the second half. Um, you know, that, that last drive wasn't perfect. It looked like they had a couple of opportunities to get off the field, nearly got a turnover uh, in that drive as well. And kind of stuck with it, stuck with it, uh, forced you know as as far back as possible for a for a field goal. And then yeah, it was tough con- conditions. Wind was blowing across the field. I know Tyler Bass after the game said that he didn't adjust for the wind quite enough, and it wasn't the greatest uh, kicking days. Uh, but uh, boy, that thing sailed to the right, and I think the Chiefs pretty much felt like uh, they would be able to to run out the clock and get themselves to yet another AFC Championship game. It's been an unbelievable run, hmm. um, and this one was about as improbable as any. And another classic game with the with the Bills. And I don't know. I, I find myself, Amy, a little bit thinking of the other side of things too, because right. uh, they uh, the Chiefs are the dragon that the Bills are trying to slay, and they can get them in the regular season, but they can't get them in the playoffs. And I don't know how that gets out of your psyche. That's got to be a real tough one to live with if you're a Buffalo player. And I'll tell you, certainly Buffalo fans because, uh, yeah, um, the Chiefs are in their head. So this is the third time in four years the Chiefs have ended the Bills' run. And I was saying this earlier, it seemingly was coming up exactly the way the Buffalo needed it to, not just the home game against the Chiefs, but also the fact that the Bengals were out, right? Their other Chief competition over the past four years, they never even made the playoffs, and yet uh, they squander opportunities there late, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I said to my husband, we're watching, of course, this the end of the game, and you can hear the Chiefs players screaming. The mics are picking them up on the field, right? Because it's gone so deathly quiet at Highmark. So when Bass missed that kick, what what happened in the stand? Yeah, I, I felt like it too. There was like a stunned silence. I mean, the, there were snowballs being thrown at the Chiefs bench, you know, occasionally, which happens. It wasn't everybody or anything like that, but, but they were really, really into the game. It was an awesome atmosphere. I mean, it was 
uh, the the Chiefs, because they become almost a traveling road show, uh, get a lot of fans into wherever they're at. And this one was harshly defended by the home team. This was like a, a true, true, true road game. And so um, the Bills fans were, you know, they were animated. They were on the Chiefs bench the entire game. They, Yeah, you could almost hear a pin drop like, this mm. is going to happen again. And you just felt like the bottom – dropped out again I, again i don't under i don't know how you're not having nightmares waking up a bills fan and seeing that that chiefs logo it's it's got to be torturous right about now mitch holtis dane hughes they've both been on the show before and we're glad to welcome josh klingler back now that he's returned to kansas city ice scraper in hand uh, joining us after the chiefs broadcast it's after hours with amy lawrence here on cbs sports radio a lot was made of the fact that this was the first playoff road game for Patrick Mahomes and this particular crew. What did they say about that during the week? Well, I think they reveled in it. And I think Patrick Mahomes specifically does. I wouldn't call him like a a football historian or anything, but, but he has a lot of appreciation for the game. And I think there's a, there's a youthful portion of him too, that he, he talks a lot about, Hey, when, when I was growing up, I remember watching this and I remember watching that. And I always thought that'd be cool to do. And I guess he's just, freakishly talented enough to be able to go to do all those things right we could all we could all have dreams and they don't get accomplished uh patrick pretty much like just keep check marking things and so he talked about you know watching games uh in buffalo looking how cool of an atmosphere it was and his only trip into buffalo before was the COVID year and uh there were no fans there heck we weren't there the broadcasters weren't there we were calling games from from the home venue that season right. and so it wasn't the same and he was looking forward to it and then I think there's a part of them too that says you tell the you tell him you tell this team they can't do it and and they love to hear that and so um, I, I think that there was a lot of I think defense around Kansas City that it was seemingly well Buffalo gets this home game and so um, they're due and they're getting the game at home and I think that the, the Chiefs kind of took offense to that you looked at a lot of the the national prognosticators and um, I think there were a lot of receipts kept there's probably you know three of every four. You know, the, the four-person panel that we see on all the television shows, Amy, right? Like three <laughs> of the four were picking the Bills. And I right. think, you know, that got back to the locker room, too. And so I think they were really uh, – they felt great about how they were playing. They felt great about how the practice week went. And I think we're looking forward to, to doing something they hadn't, they hadn't done collectively as a team, which was, you know, get a, get a, get a true road playoff game. They kind of jokingly counted the, the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, and that was a road game. Um, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a full house, you know, amidst uh, COVID as well. But um, I think it was kind of one more check mark for Patrick Mahomes' resume if he needed one. All right, well, let me ask you this. Since you've been on the sidelines for both, how do the atmospheres compare? Highmark Stadium playoff game, Arrowhead Stadium playoff game. I think pretty similar. I mean, uh, the, 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 the pregame in both of those places is probably unlike too many other places where it gets rowdy and it gets nuts. And there's, you know, large quantities of adult beverages being, uh, no. uh screwed about, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, 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 similar feel and like similar, I think fan bases too, that man, they, they bleed for their team. And so, um, yeah, I thought that was, that was, that was the coolest road environment I've been to. Like I said, there's usually a lot of infiltration by, Chiefs fans these days and this stadium didn't have it so it mm. was uh, pretty much Bill's Mafia the entire time so um, and they were they were very cordial it's a unique stadium as well because uh, I uh, go from pregame in the broadcast booth and you have to walk down through the stands to get to the field wow and I got my, my Chiefs gear on 
And everybody was actually really nice. They're like, hey, have a good game. Have a good game. And I was like, wow, they're being like really kind. Um, I think it got a little got a little meaner as the night went on. But um, no, I think that they they love their football. And I think they were loving, you know, having this game at home. And unfortunately for, for Bills fans and great for Chiefs fans, they went and, and really uh, kind of crushed some dreams tonight. Did you happen to see any Bills fans pile driving onto tables in the pregame parking lot? There were a couple videos. I didn't see anything <laughs> first firsthand. We got in before that happened, but uh, you know, I did. I did. I did glance up and see you know Jason Kelsey with his shirt off. Oh heavens, that's, close, that's uh, close enough. I asked Travis about it after the game, and I said, I said, you know, have you seen the have you seen the videos yet? And he goes, Nah. Somebody sent me a picture. I, I think I know what happened. And I said, Well, <laughs> picture picture your brother uh, uh, jumping out of the suite. Uh, hammering a beer and then jumping back in the suite. And he kind of just laughed and shook his head. And he's like, well, we're athletes. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, uh, I'm sure they'll get a, a good you know, bit of commentary out of that in their podcast yes. this week. But uh, it, was, it, was, it was quite a scene. And, you know, to go in and win a game like that, if you're the, from a Chiefs perspective, uh, in a true hostile, angry road environment, uh, feels pretty sweet. Job's not done, and I think this team knows that. Uh, going to Baltimore won't be easy either. So, uh, but they're pretty happy to live another day. Hmm. Let me ask you this about the offense this year, because these are some record low numbers for Patrick Mahomes, and a lot has been made of the fact that this year the defense has actually been the stronger unit. And how many times the defense has bailed out the offense when they desperately needed it? Why the struggles offensively? Well, I think they the beginning of the season, really for a good portion of the season, I think they tried to. They tried to give as many opportunities as possible to the wide receiver group. And I think what's been good in the playoffs is that they just really narrowed the list. Um, it was, I, I compared a little bit to uh, a little bit to college basketball where you have the, the non-conference where, you know, you're, you're, you're playing 10 or 12 guys. And then by the time you get to the conference season, you're whittling down to seven, maybe eight players and your mm-hmm. rotation just gets smaller. Kind of what the chiefs did. I think they were looking for wide receivers specifically to, to grab and, and fill roles. And for the most part, they didn't, other than Rashi Rice's emergence, which has been great um, because, you know, you, you got the rookie to be almost a 1,000-yard receiver and to be your primary wide receiver target. Um, a lot of the others may be disappointed. Well, in the postseason, they've leaned on the run game and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, Patrick hasn't tried to force as many things to as many different people, and they've just narrowed the, the list. Uh, I think it was kind of like that again tonight. Uh, while – uh, Kelsey and Rice are going to get theirs. Everybody else right now is, well, the ball's going to come to you limited times and you better make plays. And, uh, you know, MVS uh, stepped up and, and did that uh, tonight, but there's not going to be a lot of opportunities outside of Kelsey and Rice. And I think they're playing to their identity, this year's team identity offensively. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be before the season, but I think they're playing more towards the reality of what it is now. How much do they miss Eric Bieniemy? Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, I think, you know, from, uh, maybe not as much from a schematic standpoint, because you do have Andy Reed and you do have Matt Nagy, both very experienced offensive guys. And we know Andy Reed commands the offense, but a little bit of the, uh, in your face, hold you accountable seemingly has been a little bit missing. So I think that that component, that dynamic that they had when that entire group was together was, it's fair to say it was probably missing at some point in time. Um, you know, you, you, you'd like to think that, you have enough, I guess, bad cops, as it were. <laughs> but, but, but seemingly, he was the guy that, that wasn't afraid to, to get in people's faces and, 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 and hold them accountable and correct mistakes and, 
You know, I think it was that was felt at certain times this year offensively that you know that they they were lacking some discipline and some uh, some I guess consistency for a lot of the season. And so yeah, I think some of that you could point to it schematically though hard to tell. I mean, this is Andy Reid's offense, and and Matt Nagy's been in it for a while as well. So you can't say that they really missed anything from that regard. But I think from the accountability perspective, yeah, probably uh, probably need to find somebody who who's a little more willing to do that. Uh, Andy Reid. Uh, is a guy that is is pretty soft spoken. Uh, players respect him. They wanna they wanna work for him. Those types of things. Uh, Matt Nagy is a really good players coach, but he's probably more so the like I'll I'll put my arm around you and lift you up. And then I think you need that balance, right? Of that that person that's gonna gonna flip the script every once in a while. Um, it's it's a hard dynamic, I think, to point. We need to go find a person that does that. But <laughs> I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they don't try to find somebody that could be a little more. Uh, you know, harsh when it needs to. Interesting. Okay, so more, a little more accountability. Uh, before I let go, Josh, because it's been a long day, long travel for you, and it's probably cold, uh, but how do you think they match up with Baltimore? Well, if there was something that was a little bit uh, difficult tonight, it was, the, it was stopping the run game. And so gave up, what, 185, 186 right. yards, I think, on the ground tonight. And so uh, you expect more of the same with the quarterback, right? I think what, what the Chiefs did in this game was I thought, you know, first half, Josh Allen did about whatever he wanted to. And then they were able to uh, really kind of corral his maybe off-script stuff or his ability to improvise and those types of things. Well, you're going to run into another quarterback that's very good at that, very good at running the football and very good at improvising. And so I think it's, uh, you know, kind of stopping the run game first uh, next week. And then offensively, I, you know, I think the Chiefs are in a nice little pocket right now. It, it, it hasn't been the same as other years, but – I think right now, as I mentioned before, they're playing better to their identity, which is get Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco going, um, get the ball to Kelsey, get the ball to Rice, and then uh, you know try to convert a little bit better in the red zone. You know, I think that that's been a little bit of an issue, um, leaning on the kicker who's been fantastic. And we saw in a game tonight, right, how good a kicker can be, and how good a kicker or a, a lack of a kicker can be. Uh, Harrison Butcher's been nails, so right. um, I think it's it's playing to that identity and, and stopping the run. So Josh Klingler and Mitch Holtis and Danon Hughes will be part of, well, they'll be the broadcast crew along with the technical group that will travel to Baltimore for the AFC Championship. And uh, Josh has always got good stuff on not just whenever we have him on the show, but on the pre and post game. And then as well, uh, when you can hear on the sidelines, I suppose that's a prerequisite. And it seemed loud there. So I'm impressed that you can deliver reports. <laughs> Sometimes not able to hear yourself, uh, but you can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Klingler, and we're going to let him go because the poor guy's got a show in how many hours? Three? Two? Uh, let's see. I, I don't want to do the math, but <laughs> yeah, under we're we're off uh, locally in Kansas City uh, in under three hours. Oh, yeah, my go and, gosh. I'm going to go home, take a shower, uh, let the dogs out, kiss the wife, and head back in, oh, I think. All right. Well, be safe. Thank you so much <laughs> for uh, making sure you had a few time, a few minutes for us, Josh. Always fun, Amy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.